The pickleball doctor, Noah Saraban, talks about injury prevention and rehabilitation on today's podcast. His key tip for avoiding injuries and improving your game is having proper footwork. So let's get to the intro to hear from Dr. Noah. Welcome to the Pickleball Fire Podcast, where it's all about pickleball. Today, I'd like to welcome to the Pickleball Fire Podcast, Noah Saraban, the Pickleball Doctor. How are you doing today, Noah? Great. Happy to be here. All right. Well, I guess the audience can probably imagine what we're going to talk about today. But before we kind of get into the um, nitty gritty of you as the pickleball doctor, why don't you let me know how you started playing pickleball and uh, when? So I'm a doctor of physical therapy and I was practicing physical therapy in Palm Desert, California, actually in Bermuda Dunes, California at an outpatient orthopedic clinic out there. And a patient of mine came in and, you know, have, was having shoulder pain and asked him how he had injured himself. And he told me he played a game called pickleball. And like many other people, I looked at him and asked what pickleball was because I had never heard of it. And that was kind of my first, first introduction to the, to the sport. He was a, a big enthusiast. So he started showing me a lot of videos and showed me a lot of players that I didn't know the names of and that I later would become, friend, become friends with and, and uh, play against. So that was my introduction to pickleball. Now, how long ago did you get started? 2017. Okay. So just, just a couple years now, did you have a sports background before you started playing pickleball? Yeah. So I, I played a lot of sports growing up, including tennis, soccer, I skied, I snowboarded, but uh, the sport I played the most was actually basketball and I played a uh, junior college basketball. So that's as high as I went in terms of my athletics and, and schooling. But yeah, so I played college basketball, junior college, and that was my background in sports. I always, I always played anything I could growing up. I just liked to be out there. And then when I tried pickleball, it just felt, it felt like it was a, uh, a good combination of a lot of different sports in terms of movement on the court. And I, I just got hooked on it very quickly and, and started improving from there. Now, I haven't interviewed too many basketball players, so what would you say translates really well from that game to the sport of pickleball? Well, you know, in pickleball, it's there's actually a lot of rapid, short burst movements, especially at the, at the higher level. You have to be able to move fairly quickly, but the court is obviously much smaller than a tennis court, so there's a lot of forward, side-to-side motion, backpedaling, side-to-side shuffle steps, which are actually very similar to a lot of motions found in basketball. So the, the footwork aspect of it was just translated very easily for me. Obviously, the, the hitting a ball with the paddle doesn't come from basketball, but in terms of mobility on the court, which is a huge component of being able to hit the ball well, that was, that was an easy uh, translation. And that makes sense. I know I've talked a lot on the podcast about being a, a racquetball player because that does translate really well to the game of pickleball. But I also, like you, I, I did play basketball in, in college. And yeah, the footwork and that background really helps in the game. Yeah. Yeah. And when I teach pickleball, you know, footwork and positioning and, and, and all that on the court is, is something I focus on a lot because most of the time when people make errors or don't hit a ball properly, it has oftentimes a lot to do with their positioning, timing, footwork on the court. So it's a big focus of my teaching as well. 
Now, as a physical therapist, you mentioned that somebody who came in had a, a shoulder problem. What are some of the other common injuries that you tend to see in, in the office when you have players who are injured? Sure. Well, you know, the, the lower back is, is a problem, not just for pickleball players. It's one of the most prevalent causes for referral to a doctor in the United States. But, you know, when someone first starts playing pickleball and they're introduced to the kitchen line and they start, to, there's a lot of bending over going on. And especially when improper footwork is utilized, then you end up having a lot of bending and twisting and, and bending over from the from the lower back. And that seems to be to cause a lot of problems. On another note, there's a lot of calf strains or tennis elbow or pickleball elbow, however you want to call it. But those are probably the most common complaints. Yeah, you know, the tennis elbow doesn't surprise me at all. But I had not really thought about kind of that low back issue. And it's probably has something to do with I've played sports all my life. So, you know, bending down and doing something like that is not problematic. I mean, do, do you mostly see that in people who haven't maybe played other sports or is it common across whoever? You know, not necessarily. I think a lot of people who have played sports in the past may have lower back problems and pickleball tends to exacerbate that a lot of times. So it's not necessarily that it's a new problem, but it probably flares up an existing problem. Now, let's talk a little bit about, you know, rehab, you know, maybe from those two issues and, and maybe also the knee, just because I'm personally interested in the knee, because I, I definitely have bad, bad knees, ACL problems. So yeah, talk, talk a little bit about, you know, if you have, um, you know, low back issue, what you should be doing kind of to, sure. to rehab. Sure. I mean, the, the so the, one of the most important things that people should do and I don't think they do enough is actually consult a professional. You know, there's too much going on around the courts of, oh, you know, this happened to me. try this and it worked great for me. And and those kinds of stories are just in healthcare is is kind of like the the worst possible course of action for an individual when they're in pain. So, you know, the fir- the first step is to consult someone who knows what they're talking about and there they can examine you properly and they can determine exactly what is going on with you because just because you have back pain, it doesn't mean it's the same back pain as someone. So it- it's very, very important to get a thorough evaluation of your actual problem to determine what the best course of action is, which is why I can't really give you just a cookie cutter approach to the rehab for someone's injury. There are certain trends and things like that, but usually it's going to depend on the person and what's going on with them. So for example, if you you tell me that you have some knee problems and you come to see me, well, I'm not just going to look at your knee. I got to look at, you know, below the knee at the ankle. I got to look up ahead up in the chain. I got to look at the hip. I got to look at the lower back and we got to determine exactly why you're having those knee problems. And and that takes, you know, a, a trained professional in order to do it. That is great advice. And, you know, this is perfect timing because I had just started having problems with my right knee, which I had never really had before. So that's exactly what I did this week was I went to, you know, a physical therapist who kind of treats the rest of the family and got the eval on Tuesday. And then there I was in the office today, you know, working on some strengthening exercises because I, you know, I decided I... I have no ACL in my, my left leg and I didn't get surgery. So yeah, it's, it's kind of like, I, I don't want to even have any chance of tearing that ACL in, in the right knee. So yeah, great right. advice. And, and one thing I would say, you know, it's not necessarily, I can't really exactly tell you what to do for certain injury because it just wouldn't apply to in for everyone. 
but what I can tell you is, is it's really important to find a physical therapist or a physical therapy practice that you feel really comfortable with. There are, it's just like any profession out there. There are great, good, mediocre, bad, and terrible physical therapists out there. Just the same can be said for any profession, pickleball coaches, doctors, it doesn't matter. There's, there's good and bad out there. And so it's really important to find someone who you trust what they're saying, what they're saying makes sense to you, and you can build a rapport with them. And, and from there, that usually provides the best. Now, if we kind of back up a little bit from injuries and, you know, try and go to that place where we are, you know, doing the right things to prevent them, you know, what are your recommendations to, you know, help people stay healthy on the court? Sure. So in terms of preventing injuries, the, you know, the, the research out there is, is um, there's always discussion about what the best way to prevent injuries is. I'm not, I'm not sure we've figured that out yet, but there are certain things that we can try to do. For example, most pickleball players don't do a whole lot of strengthening exercises off the court. You know, it's uh, pickleball is so much fun and it's just an addicting game. And most time that people have free, they like to go to the courts. Sometimes it takes as little as five to 10 minutes off the court. You can do it before you play at the courts even, and just doing a series of basic exercises, functional exercises, not necessarily going to the gym and using machines and all that. I'm talking about body weight exercises that to promote stability, mobility, and strengthen your, in your, uh, you know, whole kinetic chain to allow you to play the sport. So for example, a functional movement would be squats. So that would be a standing exercise that promotes uh, strength in the glutes, that promotes hip mobility and spinal mobility. And there's all, all kinds of variations of squats, obviously, that you can do out there. I've got a bunch of exercises on my website, thepickleballdoctor.com that, you know, just they're general exercises, not for people with certain injuries or anything like that, but it's, it's just kind of a guideline to, of where to get started. And that reminds me, I forgot to ask you about how you became the pickleball doctor because you're you're very well known within pickleball. <laughs> well, you know, like I said, I, I I graduated from from Duke University with a, a doctorate in physical therapy, and uh, I'd been practicing in outpatient sports and orthopedics physical therapy clinics since grad since I graduated. And uh, when I started playing pickleball, I would hear all kinds of misinformation, whether it be on the, on the pickleball forum or on Facebook groups about, you know, what to do with injuries and, and what you should do. And just, you know, people applying their personal experiences to helping other people with their possible injuries, which is really not what we should be doing in, in physical therapy. And so I just decided to start, you know, the pickleball doctor website, which is the, the goal of that website was to provide free information for pickleball players out there related to injury prevention and, and rehabilitation and how how those things are approached from a from a professional stamp to kind of clear up these misconceptions and misinformation I was hearing out there. Now, do you ever go to the tournaments and, you know, work with any players or pros or, you know, whoever that have injuries? I do. So COVID kind of put a a bit of a damper on the whole thing, but I am, I was, and still am the uh, team engage physical therapist. So in theory, I would be at bigger, larger tournaments to provide assistance to, to the, the top, top pro players out there in case there is 
any injuries or things like that during the tournament. So nationals, the last nationals that was held, I believe that was 2019. I was there and assisted multiple players who ended up doing really well. Michelle Esquivel was one of them. I think she got bronze in one of the events. Um, and then Daniel Roditi was another. Yeah, I think he got gold medal in singles was another great, you know, someone I helped throughout the day. So there was a few people that I helped at that term. I actually, yeah, so a, a bunch of the pro players, you know, sometimes it can it, it can be a small difference, but if it can get you through a match, then it's 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 worth it. And so that's that's a great thing that's that to have on hand. So these don't necessarily sound like acute injuries so much as something that they maybe had previously or they're cramping, something like that? So there's anything really. So, you know, I don't want to talk too much about specific people's injuries because I'm not supposed to do that. But, you know, it, it for the most part, it was things that were happening during the tournament. So not it, it could have been due to past injuries or lingering injuries that I maybe was not aware of because I don't follow these people as my patients throughout the year. But for the most part, it's things that get flared up or aggravated because of their intensive play schedule during these big tournaments. Right. Yeah. And, and so many of these players are not, not just playing doubles, you know, mixed and women's or men's, but also singles, which is really tough on the body. Correct. And, and when you look at a big tournament like nationals, where there's two waves of, of events, really, because the first few events is the age brackets, where you have, again, men's doubles, women's doubles, mixed doubles and singles. And then at the end of the week are the open events. So really, the pros are playing two tournaments two full tournaments with three events at twice. So it's, it's grueling and it's a lot of work on the body. And so that's where injury management during a tournament comes in. Now, are you going to be out there for the nationals in 2021? Um, 2021, actually, I will likely not be able to attend. I'm in a big uh, transition phase right now where I'm moving from California to North Carolina. So this is, it's going to, and it's happening this fall. So I don't know if that I'll be able to make it there. If I can, I will, but it's going to be one of those last last minute decisions. Ah, sounds like things are changing. You know, that's really funny because I've talked to so many people on the podcast who are involved with pickleball and they're just like moving from one place to another. It's actually yeah, really yeah. crazy. Yeah, no, I think, well, for me, it's a little bit different because my move was more physical therapy related, but yes, I think since pickleball is growing so much, I think there are probably a lot of opportunities open up, opening up left and right, which leads to the people moving a lot. Now you, you teach pickleball too, or, or you have taught? I do. Yes. Yeah. So this past winter, 2020, 2021, I was the director of pickleball at Indian Ridge Pickleball, uh, I, sorry, Indian Ridge Country Club in Palm Desert. So how did you manage that while having your physical therapy practice? So I was actually, because of COVID, I wanted to be able to do something that was mostly outside. And so teaching pickleball in California is certainly something you do outside. And um, so that enabled me basically to continue to work throughout the height of COVID and, and while having a lower caseload as physical therapist. So I, I would still work probably a couple of days a week as a physical therapist, maybe afternoons. And then the rest of the time I was spending teaching pickleball. Now, since you have, have taught pickleball, are you playing in, in tournaments or are you mostly just focused on your career at this point? No, no, I, ha I have played a lot, a lot of tournaments. Um, again, recently, I have not played as many. I just have been involved more in, in teaching and developing my coaching. And again, with the move, we've been kind of focused on other things. But I, I, will, I will get back to playing tournaments. I've had also like lingering injuries, which have 
been a problem for me, which I know doctors get sick too. So physical therapists gets, get injured as well. But uh, that's, that's definitely something that I'm looking forward to in the future. Okay. So I, I'm curious, as a physical therapist, do you pretty much just treat yourself? Yes and no. So there are certain things that I can treat myself for. For example, if it's you know some corrective exercises, all that kind of thing, I, I, can, I can obviously figure out what the problem is and do that for myself. But if it's hands-on manual treatment that's needed for for something, then that's that's where I would probably go find someone I trust and, and let them work on me. Now, one of the things that you mentioned earlier in the podcast that I thought was really interesting because I really haven't talked a lot about it with others on the podcast is you you really talked about footwork. And we, we talked about how like in, in basketball, you know, the, the footwork idea kind of transfers really well. How do you, you know, when you're on the court with somebody and they may not have too much of a sports background, how do you actually teach footwork? You start with the basics. You know, there there's certain patterns that that beginners or, or not as experienced players have. And so you identify those patterns and, and just correct it from the get-go. For me, it's it's all about positioning and pickleball. Your court positioning is is everything. And when you look at the top professionals, the reason they're so good is because they're always in the right spot to hit the ball. And that takes a lot of anticipation, but it also takes efficient movement. And so if, you know, obviously the 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 um, overwhelming majority of players that, that play pickleball are still above the age of 50 at this point. And so, you know, they have a lot of mobility issues. They have hip problems, knee problems, things that limit them to be able to move side to side or, or to get in position. And so we, we identify what's, what the problem is. Sometimes it's as simple as correcting their stance. Sometimes it's, it's teaching them the actual footwork to be used. And then other times they, there might be something more involved where they have a complication with their hip, which is limiting the amount of motion they have there, which actually leads to poor movement on the court. So that's something that needs to be addressed more in depth in terms of a physical therapy approach. But in terms of on the court, there are very simple things that people who may not have a sports background just don't, they just don't, they've never learned how to move on a court. And so uh, teaching them the proper way to move, the right steps, the right, just all the positioning is, is where you start. Now, can you give an example of what efficient movement is? So, if, so for example, it, let's talk about being at the kitchen line. There's a few movements that need to be used in order to be efficient and be in the right spot. So the first thing is having a proper base of support. If your feet are too close together, there's no way you can move side to side. So having a nice wide base of support, wide, a little bit wider than your shoulders, that way you're nice and stable, enables you to push off left or right on either foot in order to move left or right. So again, teaching the basic, there's, I think there's three or four steps that need to be known in, in pickleball. So at the kitchen line. So the first one is a side step. So that doesn't require much. It's just picking up one foot and moving it directly to the side laterally. The next is a shuffle step. That's when you move to the side with multiple steps. The next one is a pivot step, which most people tend to forget to use. And so they end up hitting balls right at their feet and then they pop the ball up because they didn't move their foot out of the way. So the pivot step is just like in basketball, it's maintaining one, one foot uh, grounded while the other one moves back and your body rotates around that anchored foot. And then the last step, which is uh, the crossover step, is the more risky step, but sometimes necessary because of the, the speed that you gain from that. So, you know, once you talk about those four steps, then most people have 
most of their box covered in terms of movement, and usually it improves their shot. I really like that because, you know, th- those were things that I learned, you know, when I was in junior high and high school, and I kind of for- forgot all the, the names of the different steps. But you, you last, you mentioned kind of the, the crossover step. When, when do you use that? Because you don't see a whole lot of that in pickleball. Yeah. So, because basically the, the, the way you hit good shots in pickleball is by being stable. And so the more stable you are, the higher percentage and higher quality shot you're going to generate. So that's why you don't see a lot of crossover step because when you use the crossover step, you're now less balanced, you're less stable, which usually leads to a more difficult shot to execute. But when someone hits you a ball that's, let's say, going wide, like a wide dink that has more pace on it than you can deal with in terms of just doing a shuffle step and, or just a sidestep, in order to not let that ball get behind you, which we know that hitting balls at our side or behind us is really difficult and, and usually leads to a pop-up. Well, if you use the crossover step, you may be able to get to that spot quicker, intercept the, the path of the ball, and then not having to deal with the ball being behind you. So that's when you use a crossover step is when you need the, the speed and you have less time because the ball is traveling faster. Yeah, great description on the crossover and all the footwork steps. So just to finish up today, I want to let people be able to reach out to you. And uh, where's the best place to do that? Sure. So if you go through my website, so www.thepickleballdoctor.com, you can subscribe there and you can message me through that website. But the best way is probably through my Facebook page. So again, if you search on Facebook, The Pickleball Doctor, you'll find my page and you can message me through there. You can post on the page. I post a lot of you know updates and, and videos sometimes on, on little tips and things you can do. If I teach a camp, I'll, I'll put that on there as well, put pictures on there and you know just general information about what I do. All right. Well, great. So, And people should look for you in North Carolina here pretty soon, right? Yeah. Yeah. That'd be great. You know, I, I'll post that on the pickleball doctor page where I'm at. I'll be, I'll be in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. And uh, yeah, if people want lessons or, or physical therapy, you know, they can, they can get in touch with me. And I also teach, I'm part of the team engage, I do camps and clinics. And so that's another way that they can find me around. All right. Well, great, Noah. I really appreciate you having or you being on the podcast today. Lots of great tips, both from that footwork perspective and then, of course, as a physical therapist. So thank you again. Thank you for listening to the Pickleball Fire podcast. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to give it a five-star review on Apple iTunes. 